0: Wow! Welcome to This Year Wow, brought to you in part by Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. brokerage, the Jen Schulte team leading you home. This Year Wow is the podcast dedicated to highlighting entirely exceptional people, places and things found right here, right under our noses in South Georgian Bay. I'm Dean Holland, the lucky so-and-so charged with the exceedingly pleasurable task of pulling that all together right here each week from the comfort of Studio 11. There's been a lot of talk lately, a lot of conversation, written and spoken word, what with the month of March, marking one year since COVID-19 seemed to officially take hold on Canada. Clearly, it has affected everyone differently, differently in terms of economics, in terms of mental and physical health, and differently in terms of one's day-to-day. March 27th marks World Theatre Day. It has been so since 1961. Anyone who knows me beyond this podcast knows well that I've spent the majority of my life working as a professional entertainer, the vast majority of those years working on various stages around the province, the country, and beyond in front of live audiences. What began as an immediately fervent pastime for me has been how I've made at least a part of my living for over a quarter century now. This love affair began in early high school. It is how I met my other major love affair, my partner, my wife, Gail, whose work in professional theater has been in the wardrobe end of things. It is what brought me to the South Georgian Bay area to assume the role as artistic and managing director of Collingwood's Gaty Theater back in 2003. Live theater has been nothing less than a monumental part of my world for many years now. My day today certainly has not been the same since March one year ago. It would certainly be understandable for me to mourn what I cannot do for the time being, and who knows for how long, due to this pandemic. Certainly everyone around me would understand. But I think, I think I'd rather take a moment and be grateful for everything that theater's given me, and I'll urge you to do the same. While we can't celebrate World Theater Day by going to a live theatrical event this year, we certainly can be grateful for the experiences that we've had in the past. So if you know of any live entertainer, anyone that you've enjoyed on the stage, how's about reaching out to that someone, electronically, of course, and let them know how much that experience watching them enriched your life, made your day better, made you laugh. From first-hand experience, I can tell you that while it won't fix the current situation, it'll sure be appreciated. It'll top up the tank. A good portion of my pivoting during these times has been my projects in radio and podcasting. Brings me tremendous satisfaction and fulfillment. Love doing it. Your support in this endeavor is certainly appreciated. On the show this week, I'll be talking to a couple of people who topped up my tank, enriched my soul, gave me something to gnaw on. Two people who are now on my list to have some sort of in-person coffee with when things like that can safely again resume. I've also got a wee shout-out to do to a true theatre fan and supporter whom I certainly miss lunching with. Time to get to this week's first WOW. I love meeting people who impress the bejeebies out of me for one reason or another. Mike Jarrett did exactly that during a recent conversation. Originally from Jamaica, Mike made Canada his home many years ago, the last 13 of which have been in Wasaga Beach. Recently, he and a few other residents began WSA, Wasaga Society for the Arts. In my estimation, the arts community and various natural attributes of Wasaga Beach, and of all SGB really, have a rather tremendous ally in Mr. Mike Jarrett. So you've got, you've got quite the thing going there, i got to tell you. The um, Wasaga yes. Society for the
1: Arts? Quite a bit, um, but it's a long way to go. So what you're looking at here
0: is the beginning But that's okay. Um, You know, everything has a beginning. I see that you, I think you were incorporated uh, in 2015. Is that correct? And we're now moving
1: towards uh, charitable status, which it takes some time, but that's where we're heading. Mm -hmm. Because our objectives are lofty and we have to establish a firm foundation for doing all that stuff. Ultimately, we're, we're advocating the the preservation of this environment in wasaga beach by developing a creative economy as against an industrial economy you know the the trend of human development uh, being uh, a space that attracts people becomes a township then it becomes a town then it becomes a city and all of that is happening because population growth and population growth puts pressure on governments to provide jobs and the the, atmosphere for people to develop themselves. And generally speaking, governments go towards the path of least resistance. And that is to respond to companies, many are manufacturing companies that want to establish businesses. But this growth in in, um, this movement from township to city starts with commercialization in Wasaga Beach, two roads crossed, which is where cities tend to start. And then you're going to find somebody putting up a shop or some convenience store to to cater to that. Um, need. Pretty soon there's a police outpost because people are gathering there. And then it grows from that until it gets to a point where there is need for formal government, need to establish a metropolis. And then now you have companies coming in. Now, up to this point in time, Wasaga Beach and this environment, Southern Georgian Bay, is, as we say in the WSA, clean, green, and pristine. And that's why people come here. We're seeking to, to, um, to encourage the growth of our creative economy, to promote in doing that, to promote the, the, the reality that people just never think about, that you can actually have an economy that's based on creativity.
0: Mm-hmm, indeed and it seems to me that from what i've seen that you are a director but you're a past chair so i'm gathering very quickly that you have been one of the driving forces of this since uh, day one
1: that's probably overstating it but
0: one of one of kind of
1: gets me in there yes
0: mm-hmm.
1: let me let me clarify uh, the WSA started out as an umbrella for presenting the Wasaga Beach Film Festival the film festival was first produced by the Wasaga Beach Chamber of Commerce that energy came from the Chamber of Commerce and Chamber of Commerce handled it for a year or two that was before my time, until it became an event that the chamber, that went outside of the Chamber of Commerce's main reason for being there right so uh, a group of industrious people decided, okay, well, let's set up an organization to actually present the film festival. So it started out, the, 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 film, festival, the film festival was there for the child and the WSA became the, the child of the film festival and then became its parent. And then there was a, 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 a situation where there were issues within that setting. And for a moment, the WSA for a few months went somewhat dormant, and a small group of us, including myself, decided that this this space, the Southern Georgian Bay, and Wasaga Beach in particular, actually needed an organization or some group to actually carry the work forward of creating space for creative people like myself, and that's where the WSA started. the, pre, the first chairman resigned, a um, small group of us, in their wisdom or otherwise, had me chairing. Um,
0: I did three years and I got somebody better than me. To, you know, to <laughs> and I can sense already that you're a very hard worker and you're a very humble man. <laughs> I'll take that. You know, the other thing I got to tell you that I noticed on the website very tell quickly me. when I visited tell them me. was that this is not just about visual art. This is about performance art. This is about photography. This is about all sorts all of... All the arts, actually. Culinary
1: arts, for example. And in the culinary arts, there's a division because the, the bartending and um, drink mixologies. Mm-hmm. That, that's an art. And, and, and when you put all that together, you have a creative economy. And, and bear this in mind. That the creative economy is not just for creative people. Okay, let's look at the creative economy. You have creative people, but you have non-creative people in the creative economy. Look at the film industry, gaffers and all that. They're not creative people. They're the people who run lights or do the technology—they're—they're
0: supporters of the creative economy. And you and I both know that. Us creative people? I know I do. I need people like that desperately. So (laughs) I'm a writer. I can
1: go nowhere without a printer. So that's it. But then you have another group in that creative economy. They're engineers who did art. Or they're they're teachers who who are painters, meaning non-creative people in the creative economy. So it actually covers the entire breadth of people in the community, and it can. But the creative economy also has other things, right, other components. Like the creative economy has colleges that offer creative um, courses. So you have music school, for example. And if, you're, if your child is particularly talented, you want to get them into a high school that has a good music program. So it, 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 it's an economy in itself. But guess what? It does not drive effluent into the environment. And not only that, you must look at the numbers. First of all, in in Canada, the export of cultural goods, is 30% of the overall GDP of the country. 30% of the GDP of Canada. We're not talking about here uh, little trinkets and people, when you say creative, people think of little things. I mean, like a movie is a multi billion dollar event. I mean, we're not talking small. And do we have space to have movies? Hello. Well, we've been to the Minnesota Wetlands. The, this this space has the longest freshwater beach in the world. Let's start there. But guess what? Nobody knows. It also has the largest archipelago in the planet 30,000 islands. People go to that there stuff. Um, there's academic tourism. In other words, people go. Architects, for example, go to see buildings. Um, At spring break, they organize tourism, that kind of business. And there is tourism based around simple things like the space
0: you have. Can I talk to you a little bit about the Stonebridge Art Gallery? Yes.
1: The space was allowed to us. We haven't bought that space. It was given to us by Mr. Crow, who owns Stonebridge. And we we are allowed to use the space. And the board of directors that in using that space, we needed to create a, a place where people can come and feel that they're in a space dedicated for the development of the arts. So uh, a gallery came forward by because we, we have painters and, and artists in the, in the space, but it's not exclusively an art gallery. It is space that the WSA is using to promote the arts. So right now we are using it to the gallery, but there's space there for music. There's space there for people to come and rehearse. There, what we have done is we're using that space to promote the arts, and the art gallery is the first venture in using that space. But we have musicians that practice there from from time to time, and and we're establishing it as a headquarters. But
0: it sounds they, to me like you are nurturing the arts, yes, and you're uh, you're building bridges and getting to know the arts, and then and getting and getting the people in the
1: broader community to appreciate the art. Because let's face it, A lot of people don't see the arts in commercial terms. They see it as pastime. So that, this is really very important that we we present to the people that this is an option for development. And that's why we're coming heavy on that.
0: And again, I think that we see those things clearer when we go elsewhere. and we come back and talk about the culture. We talk about the history. We talk about, you know, all of these things that are the arts and culture. It, and then we come back and we don't exactly. see it in our own backyard. We go,
1: we go to Jamaica and you buy artifacts from a previous period and we come back and don't realize that our indigenous peoples here are a source of design and productivity that that is valuable to people who will come here. Mm So you're
0: spot on. Buddy. You're spot well, on. Well, you know what? You're spot on. <laughs> so, so you tell me, Mike. What can we, what can we do, or where should we go, or um, uh, what, what can we do to become involved? What's, what's, what would First you to like First of all, we happen? need to take
1: the word "creative economy" into our vocabulary. If we're saying it, it will happen. If we're not saying it, it will happen. So we need to see that there is such a thing as a creative economy, that it can be vibrant, that it can help to develop our space and make our space valuable so our property values will work and it is it creates a, a channel for development that is clean green and pristine this is so important when all around us people are doing manufacturing and industry
0: well i gotta tell you mike i think that we're very lucky to uh, to have you in south georgia well, Bay. and uh, and i appreciate no i do i appreciate the points that you've made i uh, i think the reminder uh, about the value of those artistic things to be here and to, and to work here and to play here and to contribute. So, and I thank you for the work that you're doing with uh, WSA, uh, Wasaga Society for the Arts. And, yeah, um, but
1: let me, let me say the, the board of the WSA, uh, I would I want to exclude them in this particular moment because what we have there is a solid group of people who have a longer term view of the development of this space. And, um, and I, in, in this moment, need to just congratulate that board of directors. Great group of people. And we're still building that group, but a
0: group, great group of people. Thanks so much for chatting with me, Mike. Thank you. Quickly became a bit of a fan of Mike, got to tell you. Appreciate his advocating for the arts and creators and their supporters and the environment. And for reminding us of the tremendous treasures we have all around us. A creative economy, surely worth strong consideration. If you'd like more information on WSA, Wasaga Society for the Arts, go to wasagasocietyforthearts.ca. I'll post that link on the This Here Wow Facebook page. This here, this here, this here, wow. Just before we move along with our next guest, here's another local wow to consider for just a moment. Jen Schulte, yeah, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. brokerage. Okay, I gotta say, I've known Jen for most of the 22 years that she's been creating her entirely exceptional, thriving, top-producing Jen Schulte team, yeah, right here in SGB. And what never ceases to impress me is her seemingly endless energy and that drive that she carries with her and shares with others. Fact is, it took Jen about, what, five minutes to jump on board and become a key part of bringing this here wow to you each week. Why? Well, because both of us just know that South Georgian Bay is so very exceptional in so very many ways. Both of us share that mantra, SGB, the place to be. So if you're looking to build your wealth through real estate investing, or if you're looking to buy or sell anywhere in SGB, Jen and her team will help you sell smart and buy smarter, guaranteed. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, or go to here. Wow. So, I'm co-chair for a group currently identified as the Regional Arts Action Network. We're sort of a, an arm that grew out of another group called the Institute of Southern Georgian Bay. As co-host of a series of online gatherings that the network presented over the past six months, I was asked to sometimes offer a bit of entertainment. Alternately, I was put in charge of securing a bit of outside entertainment. A while ago, the name Claudia Ferraro was suggested, Collingwood's Poet Laureate. Now, over the years, I've become familiar with the Ferraro family, various members, although not entirely well when it came to Claudia. For our most recent meeting, themed around thriving beyond this rather debilitating pandemic, Miss Ferraro was kind enough to be with us. Her contribution was so very impressive that I had no choice but to reach out to her. So I got to tell you, so you've been on my radar for a while now because I, (laughs) again, I remember picking up the newspaper a handful of years ago not that many but a handful of years ago and in one of the columns seeing the name Claudia Ferraro Mm you know and I knew your family so I remember thinking Claudia is a journalist
2: yes I was that was my first kind of foray into uh, professional writing of any sort yeah I've always been writing poetry and fiction ever since I can remember being like the sole introvert in a huge family of Italian extroverts. That are, definitely... you, are
0: you really? That's what you're the introvert. You're the sole yes, introvert. The
2: self-proclaimed sole <laughs> introvert is what I like to call myself. Yeah. <laughs> so for sure, I was always turning to like notebook books, that kind of stuff. Um, and I suppose that switched into more looking at my future as journalistic writing simply because I didn't around me the possibility for poetry and fiction and the arts to be my sole job or what that career trajectory would look like at all. So for quite a few years, I focused on journalism and don't regret it at all. Um, I worked for the Enterprise Bulletin in high school, just doing a little um, biweekly column for them, opinion column. And it was interesting. I learned a lot about interviewing, about politics, about writing in a political sphere and all that. And I ended up going to school for one year at University of Ryerson for journalism. And um, yeah, it was, it was a, a journey for sure, having to or deciding to make that switch from journalism to full-time creative writing being my main focus and being something that I am planning on making a living out of and determined to do that. I'm confident that I can do that. Yeah, so that switch only happened really about three, four years ago. And I can't say that I'm like completely confident in this trajectory yet, but um, I'm I'm so grateful that I made it because I do think I'm a little bit too thin-skinned for the world of political journalism. And this is a totally different way to enter that sphere, right? You can yeah. slowly see poetry entering, yeah, the political and business and all those kind of spheres. So it's just a different way of letting my voice be heard in those conversations. And when I think I've slowly come to realize that this has always been my way of interacting
0: with the world. Well, and we need people. We, our culture needs people who are can put together words as beautifully as I've heard you put together words. We need people like that. We need people creating mm-hmm. beautiful things to look at and beautiful colors and, and beautiful things yes. to, to use. And we, we also need those people who can put the words together.
2: Exactly, yeah. And more so than even just put the words together is break down the words and break down language. Go a step before when the words are formed to more of just a witnessing and a listening which I think is what poetry allows. It's not just a direct response, but it's um, a deeper engagement, yeah. yeah, that I think is so
0: important. Were, did you feel a bit a bit lost when you were growing or did you feel like you were really having to try and find your place when you were growing up?
2: Yeah, I did a lot. Um, and I think that's because I just didn't see poetry around me, I really had to search for it. It wasn't like I was even taught it in um, elementary school or I even had a word for the way I was expressing myself or what I was doing. I didn't know that I was engaging in poetry. Um, and so not having you know that vision that you can turn to or that community that's right there, it was difficult to formulate my own identity as that,
0: for sure. And how was it that you stumbled upon it, or how is it that, do you remember the moment where you kind of found it and Mm -hmm. identified what it was?
2: I think early, early on, it was through listening to musicians like Joni Mitchell and Alanis Morissette, and these female musicians who are in huge ways poets, like their lyrics are, you know, they work in metaphor and narrative and all of these literary devices, Um, So that was huge for me. But then also, I remember stumbling across Button Poetry, which is a YouTube channel, when I was in about grade six or seven. And this is a channel where they show spoken word artists performing their pieces. And it was the first time I'd seen poetry spoken aloud and performed in that way. And it was life changing to me. I thought this is everything that I love. It's writing it's performance it's emotion it's community and it's all amalgamated into one and so i yeah i remember watching those videos like all night and just being like this is what i want to do (laughs) isn't
0: that a great moment when you find that such a great moment yes so and and of course of late now with the recent presidential inauguration you know the Mm -hmm. world just started talking you know what i'm referring to right
2: yes amanda gorman Oh, I bow down. She's absolutely incredible.
0: I've been wondering how you felt about her because I know that, I mean, I get goosebumps just hearing her name and just thinking of that Mm -hmm. moment.
2: Um, Her presence was so powerful for me. And I think just solidified the uninstitutionalized nature of the arts, especially when you bring them into those areas like the inauguration, right? To have this, young Black girl having the loudest, most remembered voice of the evening is so powerful and political in and of itself. And um, yeah, just more and more, I think poetry is getting its foot in the door or a seat at the table where, of these tables that have been for a long time held by a certain, you know, pedigree of people. And um, to see her breaking that is, so inspirational.
0: And I have to tell you when I when I heard that, when I saw that on television, I wasn't expecting that. I don't think that was what my perception of poetry was. I think she Absolutely. Uh,
2: I think you're poetry. one of many in that regard.
0: In that moment, she sort of just elevated what I thought in my mind poetry was. And I'm an artist for goodness sake, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I she just made that soar, right? Like she it just so Yes.
2: I think so many people I talk to that are around my age group too, when they hear the word poetry, they envision, you know, some dusty old book or, you know, some long, like Shakespeare or these kind of things that are just so impenetrable in a way. And so she really just showed how democratic and broad of an art form this can be. Um, Yeah, I think like if you like the theater, then you like poetry. If you like music, then you like poetry. She showed all of that.
0: She did. And I have to tell you that the reason I reached out to you is because recently when you read a poem that uh, you offered to write for an arts meeting, um, Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that I got, I got the same feelings from you.
2: Oh, thank you so much.
0: I really did. Um, Yeah. I got the same feelings. I was, I got more than I expected. And I, and I was so wowed by what you brought to that uh, gathering online that I was completely compelled to reach out to you and uh, chat with you and uh, let's actually talk a little bit about the position of poet laureate
2: yes please Let's because that's
0: so. huge which is why mm-hmm. we reached out to you as a group because we wanted you to uh, to be heard and to be seen mm-hmm. and it's a fairly recent post for you is it not
2: It is, yes. I just started in October of 2020. So yeah, just a few months now. Um, And it's actually a fairly recent post for Collingwood in general. I am the second Poet Laureate and the first Youth Poet Laureate. And um, I just want to take a moment to say how much I value that our community is one of the first smaller communities I have seen take on this role in our governmental spaces. So kudos to us for that. Um, Yeah, it's been, it's been a different role having it happen during COVID-19 virtually. It's pushed me creatively to figure out how to engage with the community in different ways, not gathering. But at the same time, it's been, it's been, yeah, a learning curve, but incredibly inspiring and um, has, you know, created amazing relationships for me with the other artists that are in the community and other community members that aren't artists but see the value of what we do and are giving us spaces to be heard.
0: What What is the is there a job description that that goes along with it or because it's so new is it is yeah. it kind of open-ended?
2: Um so Officially a poet laureate is a poet that's appointed by a governing body to act as sort of a voice or ambassador for poetry in the region. So Mm -hmm. traditionally that means more penning and performing poems for certain events such as we saw Amanda Gorman do um, in the inauguration. But in smaller communities like mine, it also means um, creating a poetry community that doesn't already exist there. So um, that means, you know, developing workshops, developing installations, which I'm working on a couple right now that'll go up, hopefully, starting a social media page, all about that. It's just about increasing the presence and allowing this to be a democratic, accessible form for community members to use.
0: If uh, someone listening would like to become involved uh, more so, then where might they go?
2: So you can go to callingword.ca. I also started up an Instagram page where I post, I love posting poetry by community members who send it in, but I'm also posting um, events, you know, both local and more provincial about poetry. And that is poetry.by.callingwood.
0: Sweet. Thank you for everything that you're doing.
2: Thank you so much.
0: And I look forward to more coming from uh your your hand and your head and your voice i look forward to it all
2: absolutely i'll be around okay thank Thank you so so much dean
0: thank you claudia what a joy and a half to chat with i have to say sgb is stronger with individuals like claudia at the helm and now it is my pleasure truly to be able to feature right now on this here wow the piece that claudia wrote for that recent online meeting I referred to earlier.
2: So this poem is titled, The Starving Artist Always Feeds Their Audience. Last year, I was in my bed. And all around my bed, Canada was falling and falling. And I could hear America calling and calling. And I was told to turn inward, but my insides were appalling, and so I laid there. Me and all the countries, just stalling and stalling. Too much time is frightening when you know it's still never enough. To dig up the old roots, plant something that is both soft and tough. So what do we do, the ones who were born to create and make new, when we woke up surrounded by too much space and saw we might not be able to? Well, it is no wonder that the first thing beauty often steals is our breath. As if to say doing anything, even inhaling, will bring this moment to its death. Something beautiful, truly beautiful, makes everything around it stop. And if you turn that equation on its head, then everything stopping is what yields a new crop. A new batch of beauty, brand new ground for artists to harvest. The ground might feel dense but look behind that has never stopped us. Why do you think it is that more poetry gets written during a war? Because necessity is the mother of all invention and inventors, artists definitely are. Taking life, our art, our performances, keeping them full while fitting them on a screen, taking forgotten lost ones and commemorating them to give all of this death some meaning taking reality and turning it around making it a place we still all want to live in taking the future and imagining it into some place different than where we've been it is in these times that we refuse to wait for broken systems to take care of us we do it for each other building virtual bridges through devotion love and trust because we know community is not a plus it is a must I say these same words to no one and feel them turn to dust. But I say this poem to you, offer it up. And somewhere along the way, it gains its potential. Somewhere artists are resketching what is important, rewriting what it means to be essential. Without huge credentials, we can still be influential because the ability for art to say the inexpressible and bring about healing is exponential. Look at the articles written about the inaugural poem versus those on the president and tell me that art is inconsequential. Right now, we, the hopeful creators, are standing on some kind of front line, even though it is unconventional. Artists are crucial to the world we are hoping exists beyond COVID-19. Who else can put into words, sound and color that which we can't even see? So to you, just to you, I say thank you. I need you. Thrive might have an I in it, but it's a term created for two. Like how the wind planted, the rain watered, and they both watched as beauty grew. So too, in this world that appears to be all blue, we need many artists making us see all of the different hues. Thank you.
0: And there you have it. Collingwood's Poet Laureate, Claudia Ferraro. Do yourself a favor. If you have any hankering whatsoever to involve yourself in things poetry related, do look up Claudia. The programs and forums that she is actively establishing in the area seem entirely inviting and inclusive, and I'm confident that you would be welcomed with open arms. For those links and sites that Claudia mentioned during our chat, go to the This Here Wow Facebook page. I'll post them there. I'd like to take just a couple of moments and do a quick shout out to someone whom I quite miss lunching with, my fellow Aries, Barbara Wider, who left this world back in September of 2015. Barb and I had a, a few things in common, namely an insatiable affection for things theatre and end of March birthdays, one day apart, hers being March 29th and mine being March 27th, World Theatre Day, which I always enjoyed reminding her of. <laughs> We would often refer to each other as our fellow Aries, and we would often meet for lunch on the 28th of March or thereabouts. Barbara was one of the folks who started Theatre Collingwood, and when I arrived in Collingwood many years after that, it was not in a Theatre Collingwood capacity, but rather as Artistic Director of the Gaiety Theatre, as I mentioned earlier in the show. We didn't always see eye to eye on certain artistic points, but we shared a mutual respect and admiration. I think that's very fair to say. Through those years that I was running the gaiety, presenting shows that were often seen by some as being direct and unwelcome competition to that of Theatre Collingwood, regardless of all the politics that was often looming in the air, Barbara would still be there in the third or fourth row of any and all shows that I produced, directed, and or was in, cheering and openly enjoying herself. She was a true theatre fan and supporter, if ever I've met one. There's much more to Barbara Wider that you need to know, and I'm planning on a proper tip of the hat to her on an upcoming episode of This Here Wow. But for the time being, for this, our late March birthday weekend, I'm remembering her fondly. World Theatre Day and March 29th are both days I remember Barbara. And that brings me to the point in the show where I express endless gratitude to each of my guests. Thank you. For taking the time to be part of this week's episode of this year wow i certainly appreciate the time you took to chat with me and for the contribution you've made to the sgb landscape we are all very lucky to be able to be here in this rather exceptional space aren't we of course i'll have an entirely different bunch of wows to bring your way next week there is no shortage of them here in south georgian bay <laughs> that is for sure Now, if you have any questions or comments, or perhaps there's a wow that you think should be on my radar, please send me an email, dean at thisherewow.com. We'll get the job done very nicely. You can also go to my website, deanholland.com. That's dean, H-O-L-L-I-N, dot com. I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much to Jen Schulte team. Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. brokerage. Go to jenscholteen.com. Thanks also to my technical producer, Ben McCully, for cutting and pasting the show together so nicely each week. Thanks also to my favorite IT guy, Mitchell, and special thanks to Ash. Love to G. And a really big thank you to you, too. I look forward to us being together again next week for another installment of This Here Wow. I'm Dean Holland here. Wow!